What is up, everybody? Welcome into Locked on Tigers. I'm your host, Chris Castellani. It is Thursday, November 19th, 2020. You know, pretty much all day as I go about my time in the workforce and go to the gym, I, I spend time off and on thinking about what I'm going to talk about on this podcast. How am I going to fill my my quotient of, of, is it quotient or quota? Quote, I think it's quota. Sorry. <laughs> Your host is a moron. It, it, how, you know, how I'm going to fill 15 minutes. And and throughout the day, you know, I have kind of a plan, you know, before I'm about to go into this of what I'm going to say. And yet every so often, some news will drop and I will, cr- you know, hypothetically, metaphorically, I guess, crumble up the, the, the stuff that I was going to talk about and throw it in the trash. And that's exactly what happened yesterday. I still may cover some news that came out a couple days ago regarding the Hall of Fame ballot. My thoughts regarding who I think may make it into the Hall of Fame, who may not. Always an interesting, fun conversation. Definitely something you could fill one or two segments on a podcast with. But I am here to cover the big news of the day, and probably the biggest news of the week in baseball, quite frankly. Robinson Cano, second baseman, Uh, for the New York Mets, formerly with the Seattle Mariners and the New York Yankees, was popped for PEDs for the second time, meaning that he will be suspended for all of the 2021 season. There's so many things about this that make this such an interesting topic, and I'm going to try to cover as many of them as I can, but I am going to start off by talking about the fact that this does slightly, or at least it could have some connection to the Detroit Tigers, and this is a Tigers podcast. I'll tell you why it may impact the Tigers somewhat. Robinson Cano is is set to get paid a lot of money over the next several years. I believe his contract expires in either 2023 or 2024. And of course, this now means that there's a void at second base for the New York Metropolitans. And a lot of people jumped at the opportunity to say, wow, what a golden chance this is for the Mets under new ownership with Steve Cohen, who's apparently just a complete animal, which I think is awesome. For him to spend money to get DJ LeMahieu, you get him from the Yankees, take him from the Bronx, you put him in Queens to play for the Mets at second base and be a match made in heaven. It Look, is that possible? Sure. But DJ LeMahieu is going to get a pretty big deal. It probably wouldn't be a super long deal. I'm thinking, you know, probably around three years, but he's going to get, you know, a, a lot of guaranteed money here. I don't think the Mets, even under new ownership, are going to be willing to have two big contracts for the same position. And you're not I don't think you can move LeMayhew to another position. I don't think you can move him to third base. I don't think he played any when he was in New York. Maybe I'm wrong there, but you could always do the whole well we can move him to first base, but they kind of have a first baseman there named Pete Alonso. Now, of course, there's also a lot of other wild cards, a lot of other random things that go into this. There's the possibility they continue the universal DH rule going forward, which means you could uh, kind of move these guys around the diamond and possibly move Alonzo to the DH position, where I think he's probably better suited. He, you know, he's, he keeps claiming he's going to improve a lot at first base, but he hasn't shown much of it. I don't think the Mets are going to want two big contracts at second base. Now, where this affects the Tigers is it means that probably, and I'm sure there's someone I'm missing, but probably the best second baseman available now is Jonathan Scope. And Jonathan Scope had a pretty solid year with the Tigers last year, had a pretty solid year with the Twins in 2019. He's been a solid player for a majority of his career. I think like he had a really bad 2018 season and a contract year, which which screwed him quite a bit. I mean, it, that's it's amazing how one bad year can change your entire career. Like Jonathan Scope, if he would have put up the numbers he put up in 2017, in 2018 probably would have gotten a five-year deal from somebody and we, he wouldn't have to be going through this craziness. But 
as it is. He's currently a free agent. And look, I've said before, I'd be totally fine with the Tigers re-signing Jonathan Scope. He was a Gold Glove finalist, good defender, good overall player, solid base runner, hits for power. He added a whole lot to a bad baseball team last year. And I know he struggled a little bit down the stretch, and I know he had the wrist injury, but all in all, Jonathan Scope was was a huge addition for the Detroit Tigers. One of Al Avila's top two or three best signings, quite honestly. He was probably the team's MVP until the final 20 games when he had that wrist injury and Jamer Candelario really emerged. He would be a really good fit in New York. I think that's a very appealing potential signing for the Mets, and it would mean, you know, he would be taken away from the Detroit Tigers, which would be really unfortunate. That would open the door potentially for a utility player to be signed by the Tigers. I've talked about Marwin Gonzalez on here, and I don't think Marwin Gonzalez is some legit player anymore. You know, I think he peaked in 2017, and he played for the Astros, so we can kind of use logic and reason to figure out why that happened. But it does affect the Tigers in some capacity, and I just wanted to talk about that. But now, uh, as far as Robinson Cano getting busted, whoop, whoop, that's the sound of the police, Whoop, whoop, that's the sound of the police. Whoop, whoop, Robinson Cano is finished. Uh, not exactly. Look, what this means is that Robinson Cano's reputation is forever tarnished. Now, one PD suspension, you could say, hey, made a mistake. Guy's in his you know mid-30s trying to get back to a point where he was in his 20s and he made a dumb mistake and he'll, you know, he'll recover from that and return to being a good player. And he's not a great player anymore. He's a serviceable player still. He's not what he was in New in New York the first time with the Yankees or really what he was with the Mariners, but a serviceable player nonetheless. I just want to talk about steroids as a whole and the punishment for steroids. You guys know me and I, as I've gotten older, I've really gained a perspective when it comes to this stuff of the idea of making mistakes because I'm, I'm 25 years old and I'll tell you what the guy who's hosting this podcast right now has done some dumb stuff in his life some incredibly dumb stuff in his life but the guy who made those mistakes is not the guy who's hosting this podcast right now the guy who made those mistakes would not be able to host this podcast right now and I look at that throughout all of humanity you know it's like that with, with guys who get popped for PEDs I hope they learn from those mistakes you get busted twice that's that's bad. Uh, that that's a that's a really big deal. And I I like the the process they have now. I like the three strikes and you're out policy. If he gets busted for it again, he will be donezo for the remainder of his career. What it opens the door to, unfortunately, because I think you can get popped for it once, and a lot of people say, okay, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt on this one. I think David Ortiz is a prime example of that. You know, David Ortiz got in trouble for it once, and yet everyone still loves Ortiz. You know, I don't because he broke my heart in 2013, but everyone still still likes him. He's going to end up being in the Hall of Fame. Really, no harm, no foul. Made a mistake once. And people give him the benefit of the doubt. Likeable player, likeable guy, a hero in Boston. It kind of all is forgiven there. But when you get busted more than once, I think a lot of people start to look at your accomplishments as completely tarnished. You know, yeah, they got caught for it once or twice, but were they doing it for over a long period of time. This is really a shame. It's it's a damn shame because Robinson Cano was probably headed for Cooperstown. Robinson Cano has had a remarkable career. And, and it was his prime over, yeah, I would say his prime probably ended around 2017, maybe at following 2018 when, you know, he was all-star game MVP in 2017. I feel like kind of after that, he started to see a steady decline. I think he was really bad in the second half in 2017 that year, but, you know, has had a tremendous career. All he needed was a lot of stat padding, you know, get reach some of those uh, milestone accomplishments that a lot of people uh, who vote for the Hall of Fame really pay attention to, 3,000 hits, or even if it's the only 2,700 hits or 400 home runs. You know, he had the capability 
capability and the, the ability to be able to get there, immediately a lot of people are saying he has no shot of ever getting into the Hall of Fame. I wouldn't say that necessarily, and I'll tell you why. Now, it, his chances of getting in uh, decrease substantially. Uh, I mean, he was probably going to get in at some point. Now, it's completely up in the air, but I do flash back to a guy who had uh, the uh, an all-time resurgence following a PED suspension, and that was Nelson Cruz. I don't think when Nelson Cruz got suspended for PEDs in 2013, anyone was saying, this guy is destined for the Hall of Fame, necessarily. But he was a great player, amazing postseason player. My 2011 Tigers know that better than any team that has ever existed, ever. One of the best power hitters in baseball got busted for PEDs, and a lot of people felt like, all right, whatever chance he had of leaving kind of a lasting legacy across baseball, you won't be able to tell the Nelson Cruz story without reminding people of the fact that he got busted for PEDs. But he had a resurgence that has been unlike anything we've ever seen. In my opinion, and this will be a hot debate five, ten years down the road when he retires. I mean, the guy's still raking. In my opinion, Nelson Cruz has a really solid Hall of Fame case. Nelson Cruz's prime, what he did after the PED suspension, he's been a top five to ten hitter in all of baseball every year since 2014. His first year after the PED suspension led all of baseball in home runs. Now, he only hit 40, which is how crazy is that, that a guy led all of baseball with 40 home runs, but in, impressive nonetheless. He raked in Seattle. He, he's raked in Minnesota. Everywhere he's gone, he's just, you know, boomstick baby, right? They, that's a very apropos nickname for Nelly Cruz. Maybe we see something like that from Robinson Cano. I have serious doubts, and what makes me very skeptical is the fact that I think someone like Nelson Cruz, who's been essentially a lifetime DH, I know he played some right field, but never played it effectively. Nelson Cruz, if he gets into the Hall of Fame, will probably do it solely on offensive prowess. And I think there is a spot for that. Like, in my opinion, I feel the same way with DHs as I do with relievers. Yes, you could look at career war and be like, hey, it didn't match up as much as it did with this other guy who played in a similar era, but you can only do what a team asks you to do. And Nelson Cruz has been asked to hit the baseball his entire career. And guess what? He's done it about as well as anyone. I feel the same way with relievers, where it's like, oh, well, this reliever, you know, didn't put up the war that this starting pitcher did. Why isn't this starter in the Hall of Fame? Well, because the starters has to do a completely different job. It's like, that's why I think someone like Billy Wagner should probably be in the Hall of Fame. It's like, he did his job better than almost any other player at his position. He should probably get into the Hall of Fame. Robinson Cano probably wasn't going to make it into the Hall of Fame solely on offense alone, which is different than Nelson Cruz. When you play second base every day, you're expected to be a good hitter, obviously, and you're expected to be a pretty solid fielder if you want to make it into the Hall of Fame. I have doubts that he will be able to have the kind of resurgence that someone like Nelson Cruz had because he'll have to do it both sides of the ball I don't think really fits, but you know, on, you know offensively and defensively, he's going to have to be resurgent and have some kind of remarkable comeback. Another guy who did something similar was another guy who played in New York, not with the Mets obviously, but was A-Rod. Now A-Rod, it's so weird how much legacies change. I've talked about this a little bit with the Astros cheating stuff where right now everyone views them as dirt, right? Everyone views them as scum. They said the same thing about A.J. Hinch. Oh my god, he's the worst person ever. He should never be in baseball ever again. He tarnished the game. And I, I just said, look, five years from now, if A.J. Hinch starts winning in Detroit, everyone's going to love him and think he's one of the best managers and they're going to welcome him here with open arms. Alex Rodriguez, for a time, was the most hated man maybe in all of sports. Everyone hated his smug attitude. Everyone hated the cockiness. Everyone hated the fact that he cheated. But then something kind of amazing happened in 2015. He came back 
and had this unbelievable campaign. And it made a whole lot of people say, hey, maybe that guy who took steroids, yeah, he probably padded his numbers, but that dude had a gift his whole career. And guess what? Five years later, Alex Rodriguez is like Mr. Likeable. He's on national television, yucking it up with David Ortiz and Frank Thomas on, on, on Fox Sports. Like five years ago, did, could anyone have seen that happening? Could anyone have seen that possibly being a thing? No, of course not. But things change. Uh, narratives change. Histories change. Legacies change. And I think it is possible, even in the latter stages of Robinson Cano's career, for him to be able to turn it around. I don't see it happening. I think he is older than Nelson Cruz was. He's not older than A-Rod was, but like I said, A-Rod pretty much went to exclusive DH in the latter part of his career. Maybe if they do that with Cano, maybe if Cano goes to exclusive DH, puts up monster offensive numbers, gets to say 3,000 hits, maybe 400 home runs, maybe that can push him over the edge and get him into the Hall of Fame, but I seriously doubt it. Lastly, the point that it can't be missed here, uh, this is tragic. It really, 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 really sucks. This was a guy who was most likely headed to Cooperstown. He was a guy who a lot of people viewed as one of the best parts of a sport that every so often has a tendency to get pretty ugly. And yeah, he got popped for PEDs once, but I think even more so now in baseball, more than any other sport, uh, baseball is willing to forgive. I just talked about it with Nelson Cruz. I just talked about it with A-Rod and hopefully with A.J. Hinch and some of the Astros guys. The more time goes on, you know, it wounds kind of heal over time. And he got busted for it once. And I think people, for the most part, forgave him and said, all right, let's see in the latter parts of your career, prove to us that you can still be that guy without PEDs. And I guess he just didn't believe in himself, clearly. Because if he believed in his abilities, if he believed that he could get to a point where he could be a batting champion, a, an all-star, a 40-home run guy, he wouldn't have cheated. You know, he's had some injury problems, and and my guess is that that's probably where, where this came from. I, I don't think Robinson Cano cheated his whole career. I think he fell into the same problem that... Bonds fell into, that Clemens fell into, a lot of these guys who played until their mid-40s, they love the game, and they want to play the game forever, but they don't just want to play the game forever, they want to play the game at a high level forever, and I think Robinson Cano saw an opportunity to prolong his career by running the risk of getting caught for PEDs, and guess what, that's exactly what happened, and in my opinion, it's incredibly disappointing because... He was one of the premier players in the game for a long time, and his legacy is forever tarnished. Could he possibly come out of this and end up being a great player once again? Possibly, but much like A-Rod or Clemens or even Bonds to a certain extent, he will always be known as one of those guys who took shortcuts. That's uh, pretty damn sad if you ask me. So that will do it for today's show. Basically a one-segment show. I'll find a way to put ads in here at some point. But you can follow me on Twitter at Castellani2014. That's at C-A-S-T-E-L-L-A-N-I-2014. You can follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnTigers. While you're at it, go to Apple Podcasts, go to iTunes, leave a written positive five-star review of this show. It would be much appreciated. I got one the other day. In fact, actually, I'm reading it right now, and I'm pretty much certain it's fake. Uh, it's not genuine. I think it's meant to be a backhanded compliment or not even a backhanded compliment just a backhanded insult but it was five stars nonetheless now i've been uh, going through it lately so i think this is some way of both paying me a compliment while also insulting me but as it is look if you really if you like this podcast just you know leave a five star written review please tomorrow's show a mailbag show so if you have any questions send them to this show's locked on Twitter account at Locked On Tigers. I will answer them tomorrow. We'll be right back here for the mailbag show on Friday. Have a good one, everybody. Thanks for listening, and go, Tigers.